0: Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome back, hour number two of Hardline here on News Radio 930, WBE, and Joe Beamer with you and. Joining me for the next hour is former state senator George Maziarz. George, Good morning, Joe. great to have you back in studio. Well,
1: thank you. It's great to be back here,
0: George. I- I'll tell you. You know, I-, I I've always followed politics. Obviously, I've lived my whole life in New York State. This might be the most entertaining back to back to back that we've had with Albany in a long time.
1: This is, this has uh, uh, set everything. Uh, on its heel. I, I've i never, you know, this ranks right up there with uh, the uh, Cuomo scandal and the, uh, at least to the inside political people, the Cuomo scandal, the Elliott Spitzer scandal. I mean, this is, this has really set Albany on fire. Before we get into
0: the specifics, I have to ask you this question. And again, I don't mean this to come across as mean or anything, but can Kathy Hochul catch a win? I mean, it has been a, a real tough uh, first few months of her uh, governorship. It,
1: it, it sure has been. And you know it's not going to bode well for her in the in the in the Democratic primary, and I think uh, it it really gives, which is almost an impossibility, a Republican a real shot at getting elected uh, uh, to the top spot in in November.
0: And that's something I want to talk about in the next segment because okay. you've got the primaries and you've got the Republicans. Uh, but first, this this redistricting. George, something I think most people didn't even pay attention to, right? They thought, okay, you've got Democrats in Albany. These are going to be the districts. I mean, even so much so where Chris Jacobs was starting to campaign in parts of his new district. In Watertown. (laughs) And now this all thrown out by Democrat judges agreeing with the GOP.
1: Exactly. Um, You you know what happened here, Joe? The backstory is the Democrats in Albany, um, they they just went too far. Um, uh, they, they, you know, the old saying, you can go a bridge too far. Uh, they did it. Uh, they, 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 uh, you know, got together, I'm sure, uh, on a national level with Nancy Pelosi, with her senior staff people, with Sean Patrick Mahoney. He's a, he's a co- Democratic Congressman from the Hudson Valley region in New York, but he's also chairman of the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee. And Sean Patrick Mahoney and, uh, uh, Nancy Pelosi put pressure on, on uh, Senator Andrea Stewart-Cousins and Mike Gianaris and Carl Hasty and Kathy Hochul to come up with a plan that would uh, probably pick up as many as four, maybe five Democratic congressmen here in New York State. They controlled both houses of the legislature. They controlled redistricting. They could do it. And uh, it was uh, just, just uh, you know, way over the top. And ironically, they thought in their minds, I'm sure they thought they said, look it, Ultimately, it's going, to be, you know, it's going to be sued in a, in a local uh, county court. It's going to go to an appellate division, most of whom judges are appointed by a Democratic governor. But it will end up in a court of appeals. All the seven judges there were appointed by a Democratic governor. All of them tend to be liberal left-leaning judges. And uh, judges uh, sometimes can be very political even though they're sitting on the bench, uh, particularly when it comes to a political issue like uh, uh, drawing district lines. Well, to the shock, I think, of everyone, even to the Republicans, (laughs) uh, the seven judges in a four to three decision, very close decision, uh, agreed that the lines were not uh, uh, fairly drawn uh, for what the real unusual part was. They said they were not fairly drawn (laughs) for the state Senate uh, uh, or for the, the Congress. Now, the judges said it's a very interesting decision if. The case that was put before them was about the Senate lines and the congressional lines, not the New York State assembly lines. The judges said in their decision, we may have had the same uh, uh, feeling and made the same decision about the assembly lines, but that's not a question before us today. Well, guess what? Um, two days ago, somebody in 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 the Capital District region filed a lawsuit against the assembly lines now. So, you know, it's a, it's a pretty short time frame, but we could find the assembly in, in question now, too.
0: And so now it has to go all back to to draw the district. So the map that we've seen, the map that you and I talked about, that will not be. That's gone. That's that, gone. So what is this this next step? Because it's it's pretty much going back to the drawing board.
1: It's it's it is going to back. Well, n- not necessarily for the legislature going back to the drawing board. Uh, the 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 judge uh, Judge McAllister uh, in Bath, New York. He he actually has appointed what's called a special master to to draw the lines. And a special master is an individual. His name is is Jonathan uh, Suras, C-E-R-U-A-S. I think that's pronounced correctly. Uh, He's a political scientist at Carnegie Mellon University in Pittsburgh. So a college professor from Pittsburgh is going to be drawing the lines for the congressional seats and the state senate seats in New York State. And and let me just go back here a little bit. All this is because of a law that was passed in 2014 by the legislature – which, by the way, I co-sponsored, <laughs> and and uh, it was a constitutional amendment. Went before the voters. The voters approved it uh, in two thousand and fourteen, uh, and you know the court upheld that it was uh, uh, it was the law of the land, and it should be followed. And you know, uh, we are where we're at.
0: Because I was going. That, that was my next question. I was going to say, you know, we're used to seeing maps like this in New York State, right? I mean, when they read, we are. So what? What will this mean? Because it's not going to be. It's going to be, as you said,
1: the guy in Pittsburgh. What do you expect the it, newer map to look like? It, 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 it is anybody's guess. Both sides have. But when I say both sides, Republicans and Democrats have been uh, given an opportunity to submit maps to the what's called special master. Um, uh, he can follow one side. Can take a look at both of them. Can reject both of them. Can uh, draw his own. If you look at some of his previous writings, which I did real quick on the Internet, he believes very strongly in keeping what he terms communities of interest together and, and towns and cities together. Now, I have to tell you, first I should tell you a little bit about my own history with reapportionment. Back in, um, in 2000, uh, 2000 and, and, and uh, 2002, and, uh, uh, I was uh, not a part of the redistricting commission in the Senate. I was very involved in it at the time. But in 2010, 2012, I was on the commission to draw the Senate lines. You know, the Senate would draw the Senate lines, the Assembly would draw the Assembly lines, and we'd agree to accept each other's lines. That's, uh, that's basically how it worked, and that's not how it's working now. <laughs> but anyway, uh, what could happen today? Think about this. This uh, Professor Severus, uh, he could come out, and, and, and this is all – what I'm telling you right now is all hypothetical. Uh, the numbers that I'm using are hypothetical, but I think they're pretty close. They're population numbers. The city of Buffalo, population 200, approximately 275,000 uh, people. A, a state senate district is about 320, maybe 325,000, okay? He could say you've got the city of Buffalo, uh, population 275,000, is split into two senate districts. That shouldn't be. It's a you know one community. Uh, it should all be together. So he could take the city of Buffalo, and the town of Hamburg, which is right next door, adjacent to the city of Buffalo, and say, wait a minute, Hamburg's got a population of fifty thousand. City of Buffalo, two hundred seventy-five thousand. That's one Senate district, <laughs> which means Tim Kennedy and Sean Ryan are in the same district. <laughs> you know, which you know if you have two incumbents in one district. Um, one of them is not going to survive the election in November or in the or, or primary election. That could again, this is a very much a hypothetical, but this this professor from Pittsburgh could do that. Let's use another example on the other side of the aisle, um, Niagara County. Niagara County is a population. I think it's just I think it's just a little over two hundred thousand people. Um, the town of Amherst is one hundred. I think about 120, 20, maybe one hundred twenty-five thousand. The county of Niagara and the town of Amherst could be one Senate district. Now, the the special master could look and say that the Republican districts, my old district included, uh, and currently Senator Orts' district, you know, they tend to be um, uh, long, meandering, stretched districts. My old district was Niagara Falls from the Niagara River all the way to the Genesee River in Rochester. Um, Pat Gallivan's district stretches way into Monroe County. Um, uh, currently Ed Rass district, the old Mike Ranson district, again, stretches from Amherst all the way over into Monroe County. He might say, the special master might say, why do we have these? Lo-? Now, obviously these districts were drawn, you know, to put Republicans together and Democrats together. And that. he may say something like, you know, Niagara County and Amherst, um, are adjacent to each other. Um, kind of, you know, similar characteristics all in Western New York, um, you know, put them together, that, which would put Ed Rath and Rob Ort in the same Senate district. Now, you know, there may be a difference in a congressional district line. There's definitely going to be a difference in a congressional district lines. You know, maybe Senator Ort would say, you know, now is my opportunity to run for Congress. This could have a, just an unbelievable effect in both political parties.
0: And, and you're talking about the, the, the Senate districts if, if they, you know, because – Everything now is drawn with party in mind, right? As you said, the the new districts that were rejected was, let's get four or five new congressional seats for Democrats. Well, let's make these. But now you have the guy at Carnegie Mellon. He's not – like you said, he's not thinking parties in mind. So we could have very competitive districts in New York State.
1: You you could have extremely competitive districts. Like like, let's say – again, I'm going to go back to my example of Niagara County and Amherst. Let's say that's put into one Senate district. And again – uh, Rob Ort may choose to run for a higher up, may choose to run for Congress. Ed Rath, you know, may choose to ba- then back run for state senate. But that becomes a very competitive district for a Democrat. Right. You know, with Amherst trending Democratic, the city of Niagara Falls in that district. I mean, I would I would tell you this with absolute certainty, the Democrats would come up with a very competitive candidate for that state senate seat. You know, so y- you could have districts where where – uh, it doesn't look very good for an incumbent. Incumbent decides not to run. You could have a, a, a district where a new candidate, a new district, or a new candidate is going to say, "Hey, this is this is set for me now. I, you know, or, or good for me, good for my political party. I'm going to jump into it now." Or you could have an incumbent that doesn't have a district at all anymore. <laughs> you know, uh, and,
0: and that's you know, looking at our two congressional uh, members of Congress here, uh, Chris Jacobs and Brian Higgins, because Tom, Tom Reed is. Stepping right, stepping right. us aside, and that district will be will be right. gone. Is there a case where Higgins or Jacobs might be without a district, or it might it might be too tif- difficult for them to have a district to move into?
1: I I, I, I don't think I, I'm certain. I, I shouldn't say I'm certain. I, you know, again, it's up to the special master. But a major city like Buffalo, I I don't see him breaking that up. Okay. So Brian Higgins, I think, is probably, probably, again, you know, it's all hypothetical, is probably going to be pretty safe as, as a Buffalo-based district. Now, Brian may get some more Republican. He may go further into Niagara County. I think he has the city of Niagara Falls now. He may go further into Niagara County. You know, uh, may- maybe if you take the city of Buffalo, town of Tonawanda, Tonawanda, you know, and Niagara County, that could equal, I'm sure, I think a congressional district may be as many as 600,000 today. Um, you know, now... I don't think what I don't think is going to happen. If again, if you go back to read the uh, um, professor's previous comments about redistricting, I don't think you're going to see these long meandering, you know, this district that was drawn, uh, you know, from Niagara Falls to Watertown, you know, or the the one where Claudia Tenney was going to run from you from you know, central New York almost all the way to Chautauqua County. I don't think you're going to see that because those districts were drawn you know, for political purposes. I mean, right. every Republican that they could find, the Democrats threw into those, I think, what, four districts in the state. So they would only be four Republican congressmen instead of eight. And Democrats have a net pickup of four. I don't think you're going to see those anymore. So Claudia Tenney, I hope she didn't buy a house in, in Chautauqua <laughs> County because she may be going back to Utica.
0: But so he will, uh, he will draw these. And as you said, both parties can submit what they think is a fair yes, district. Yeah. But once he has his map drawn, no one in albany has has a say
1: no uh the court will will, will you know he's going to submit it to the judge actually judge mcallister is probably will have the final say he can look at it i imagine he could reject it maybe appoint a, another special master i i don't think the timeline would allow that to happen i think the judge has pretty much said you know uh this is the guy who's going to draw the lines i i i couldn't see a scenario where the judge would would reject the master's plan that he appointed you know so um, I mean, I don't know where the judge came up with with this individual, but uh,
0: I got to ask you this,
1: because, you know, we, we know how
0: lobbyists work. Right. And mm-hmm. we know how politicians are there going to be is there going to be this convoy of people from Albany to Pittsburgh to talk with this special master? I don't
1: think so. I think this. Spe- <laughs> I if, again, you know, these people tend to be very independent minded. Um, you know, uh, he's a college professor. He. Probably thinks he knows uh, everything under the sun <laughs> about redistricting. No offense to college professors, but, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's probably never run for political office in his life. He's probably never been involved in a political campaign in his life. I don't know that, but, you know, I sort of suspect that that could be the case. And he's, he's probably written articles, written books maybe on reapportionment, redistricting. And the judge uh, heard about him, maybe it was referred to the judge, and the judge said, this is the guy.
0: I'll tell you, George, this is all so fascinating. I'm not done with my questions. Unfortunately, the clock means we have to take a quick break before we okay. come back, no talk problem. more about the districts, also talk about the upcoming gubernatorial um, campaign, which we've had every candidate except for Kathy Hochul. So that and much more with George Maziarz after the news here on WBEN. This is Hardline. We have former state senator George Maziarz on talking about the redistricting and the uh, the roadblock that they are they are facing now – and, George, we stopped uh, – we went to break talking about what these uh, districts will look like. The other issue that that uh, is going to face them is now everything is going to be happening so quickly within August primary and then Election Day a few months later.
1: Well, you may actually end up with and, – and I think the legislature is – actually, I think they're meeting tonight in, in conference and uh, probably both sides – Uh, and, and this week they're going to have to decide on a primary right now, the primary schedule for June, um, that can't happen for the congressional lines or the state Senate lines. Now you have this, this assembly lawsuit that was recently filed and again, go back to the court of appeals decision. And it says we would probably rule the same way on the assembly lines. It wasn't in front of us. Well, now it may be in front of them. So what you could, a couple of alternatives, you could have a primary in June, uh, for, for governor, which I'm sure, uh, uh, well, I, I'm, I'm sure some of the candidates, because, you know, you spend a lot of money, uh, would like an early primary. Or this, the legislature could decide, you know, it's too confusing to have two primaries. It's too expensive to have two primaries for the counties and so forth. So we're moving the whole thing, uh, all the primaries, to August, which clearly gives um, – I think, you know, it may, it may work out for Governor Hochul, like you, I think you said. She's had, she's had a pretty bad few weeks here. You know, she may want a little bit more time in the primary. Uh, the, the challengers might say, you know what, uh, give us more time. She may even have more bad weeks, you know, <laughs> on the Republican side, you know, Lee Zeldin is a, is a favorite candidate in the Republican one, but you know, Harry Wilson is a guy with a, with a lot of money. Uh, Rob Astorino is out campaigning. I received today. I'm a prime Republican voter. Uh, I received an, uh, yesterday, I should say, uh, huge mail piece from, from Rob Astorino. Um, uh, you know, so he's out there campaigning. So you could, you know, you, they could move the gubernatorial primary, Till August, too, the whole thing.
0: Now, we talked about what the uh, Senate and the congressional districts and who could be in trouble and what, you know, matchups. Locally, if this assembly thing went to a judge, who locally in the assembly might have a more competitive district or might be out of luck um, in a new drawn assembly district?
1: You know, again, if you if you read if you read these, these this judge's prior uh, opinions or his, his, his writings about redistricting. He's not going to split up communities. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm not as familiar with the Assembly Districts as I am the Senate Districts. But, uh, you know, the, the other problem you have is in western New York, and you know, there's been a real population loss. But there's been a real population gain in places like, you know, the Hudson Valley, the capital region of Albany, and, and certainly in New York City and on Long Island. So you're going to see maybe a shift of seats away from Western New York, down there, which may throw incumbents against each other. You know, in districts drawn like that, um, it it could be it, it could really upend a, a lot of a lot of political careers.
0: Yeah, I mean, and the th- like you said, we, we know about the congressional and state senate, and now this week we could be talking about the assembly. I mean, this thing is far from over.
1: It's far from over. Uh, this master, uh, and and uh, you know, again, my impression is this isn't something that you can. Hire a lobbyist and lobby him for you know. I think he's probably already at work. He he's probably hired some staff people, probably students, uh, who um, uh, you know maybe maybe pretty left leaning, and they're going to draw these districts. They're going to go on a computer and they're going to you know draw districts on what the technology is telling of them. An ideal Senate district should look like, or, or congressional district, or assembly district. What an ideal district should look like in upstate New York, and western New York, given the demographics, given you know the the racial makeups of communities and so forth, and communities of interest, uh, whatever that means, uh, you know, um, and 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 th- they are going to put, I think, probably a very um, uh, low level of interest in you know where. An incumbent may live or um, what an, an incumbent's affiliation may be I think that's gonna be I think that's not important to them at all well wow. now
0: as we said m- uh, primaries move to August when does this have to be done when will we know these new districts
1: well I think the judge gave gave a deadline of of I, th- I believe it was the third week of May, Oh, wow. I, but I'm, I'm guessing. But I think it was the third week of May, uh, maybe the last week of May, that he had to come up with uh, that the special master had to come up with uh, a final district. He did give an opportunity for all sides, for the uh, Republicans and the Democrats in New York, to come up with uh, uh, potential districts of their own. Now I don't know if the congressional Republicans are going to do that or the state Senate Republicans are going to do that. Some of them. Uh, uh, or, or the Democrats, some of them may see that process as a, just a process in futility. That this guy's going to do what he wants to do anyway. You know, he's a political scientist. Uh, you know, whatever whatever that is. <laughs> and, and you know, it's just a waste of time doing it. I I don't know. And they may throw caution to the wind. You know, right now the Republicans are feeling really good. I think overall, you know, certainly um, uh, this has. This has been a very, very bad week for the Democrats because they overreach, as I said earlier. This has been a very, very good week for the Republicans. But I will tell you this, Joe. I learned a long time ago in politics uh, something that uh, a late great Senate Majority Leader Joe Bruno used to say all the time. In politics, and government, pendulums swing fast, (laughs) you know. And if you don't believe me, you can ask uh, Elliot Spitzer or Andrew Cuomo – you know, so so. Ne- I'm, what I'm trying to make the point is that next week, you know, it may not look so good for the Republicans, right. you know, when these districts come out.
0: But a- as we said, heading into the primaries and then the gubernatorial election, Kathy Ockels ha- has ha- had some losses, uh, especially the last month with her um, lieutenant governor. And, and yes. now this redistricting loss, I think that makes all Democrats look bad. I- is there a chance for a Tom Swazi to pull the upset in the oh, primary. Sure.
1: sure. there is. You know, particularly with the voters on Long Island, the Hudson Valley. You know, the other thing is is the state budget. I mean, they're spending an additional, Kathy Hochul's first budget, they're spending an additional, um, I, I think it's an, an additional $20 billion. And it doesn't seem to me like anybody who's out there like saying, yeah, this is a great budget. They're rah rah about the budget, you know? You know, I mean, I'm talking about Democrats. Right. You know? I mean, uh, uh, it seemed to me like, uh, you know, usually you would hear people, you know, Special interest groups, you know, maybe at the teachers union saying, "Oh, great, this is a great budget, great for education." You didn't really hear much of that. You didn't hear, you know, the child care advocates or the development of disabled advocates saying, "Yeah, it's a," it, you know, I mean, I don't think anyone were out there saying it's a, it's a bad budget, but you just didn't. I, I thought that the governor would have stirred up a whole lot more uh, positive news about that. She didn't. And then, of course, the lieutenant governor thing was just uh, that was uh, unbelievably bad management. There, I mean, how you could have not looked into his background a whole lot better i mean you know there were rumors and you hate to pay attention to that but you know in albany about this individual i i was shocked when she picked him to be honest with you but you know it wasn't and he shouldn't ask me for my opinion <laughs> right.
0: but you know heading in and we had tom Swazi on last week and he talked about how you know far left the democrat party has gone and he's the more moderate yeah, candidate he is, he is. Do, with all that, with all that, New York State does seem to be the voting base, more of the voters going to the far left. Do you think someone like a Tom Suozzi could win in New York State?
1: I think he could. I think he could. Um, you know, it's very difficult with the city of New York being the base of the Democratic Party. But Long Island, voter turnout, um, if they move the primary to August, you know, people in August are doing a lot of things. You know, family vacations, summer, swimming in the pool. And thinking about voting, so you could get a very low voter turnout. You get a very low voter turnout in a primary election. First of all, primary elections you have a vote low, you have a low turnout to begin with. You get a primary in a beautiful summer day in August. You're going to have a, an exceptionally low voter turnout. Right. Anything can happen in a low voter turnout primary. That's why getting back to I think, you know, some of our current state senator state senators like George Borello in 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 the southern tier. George Borello might say, "Wait a minute, you know," and depending on where he ends up. Where the congressional district ends up down there, George Borrello might say, "Hey, wait a minute, you know, Claudia Tenney's out of the picture now. I'm back in for Congress. You know, so who's going to run for state senate? What what, what the state senate district is going to be? I mean, this could this could really upend everything.
0: It's so interesting. With how many people right now don't know in three months what they'll be doing? They, you know, I mean, it, exactly, if they'll be running or not.
1: They they they, you know, right now, um, you know. Ed Rath doesn't have a Senate district. He got he got reapportioned out of existence. You know, uh, by the end of May, he could be a, a candidate for Congress in a heavy Republican district. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's stunning. It's amazing.
0: It's it's uh, like I said. And I'm, by the way,
1: he'd be a very good congressman too.
0: I, I'm having fun following this. I, I really am. Now, talking about voter turnout. Because we, let's go into November. Let's say Kathy Hochul does win. Goes November against Lee Zeldin. Now, I realize there's all these other elections going on, but midterm elections, it's nothing like a presidential year, right? It's still lower compared to its not, yes, yes. a presidential year. Does Kathy Hochul have a enthusiasm problem with the voters wanting to go out to vote for Kathy Hochul?
1: I, I think she does. I think she does. You know, probably not so much in Western New York because she's from here. But I think, you know, um, look, we talked about earlier, I mentioned, you know, losing population. In New York State, New York State has actually gained population. People don't see that, but New York State has actually gained population. But it's all been downstate. It's all been in the Hudson Valley. It's all been in the Capital District, New York City, and Long Island. Um, you know, I think Lee Zeldin has a has a, a, a a very good shot at it. Um, you know, I think the, the bail reform law and the, 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 first of all, the bail reform law that was initially passed was terrible. The... Reform to the reform that they did this year was just window dressing, and I think people see right through that. And 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 that's going to be a tough road for for Kathy Hochul to hold. Now, on a positive side, let me say this: for Kathy Hochul, is um, there are almost four mil three what three point six three point eight million more Democrats in New York than there are Republicans. There are actually more blank registered voters in New York than there are Republicans. That's a that's a um, a very poor sign for for Lee Zeldin, um, but you know on on the other hand, is a lot of those Democrats and people that are registered Democrat are conservative, Dem- or maybe not conservative maybe more middle of the road Democrats that Lee Zeldin will appeal to.
0: Well, that's but that was my next question. Say you were Lee Zeldin, or you're running Lee Zeldin's campaign in with that differential of Democrats to Republicans and Independents and and, and all the other parties. What is your approach? To, you know, obviously get all the Republicans, which I don't think will be that difficult, yeah. uh, but also to appeal to those – I, I know it seems this way and it, might, and it might not be this way, but to appeal to those remaining moderate Democrats that seem to be less and less getting the voice in New York State.
1: Yeah. Well, it, you know, I, I maybe there are not a lot of Republicans out there that would like to hear this, but I think, I think you have to almost maybe moderate the hard right – Uh, message that uh, that a lot of you know very right-wing Republicans have you know in New York State you asked me what I would advise Lee Zeldin to do I would say look at what George Pataki did be more like George Pataki you know George Pataki won for governor three times you know George Pataki's sort of in in this I don't know I don't mean to compare myself to him but you know you know he's out of office I'm out of office now you know I think the current Republican crop doesn't look much to, to history, you know, doesn't take much advice from old guys like me or George Pataki. But, uh, you know, I think you got to look at what George Pataki did. I mean, three times he, he ran as a Republican for governor. Now, at the time he ran, there was probably a million and a half more Democrats. You know, it's not like it is today. But, um, you know, he, he won. And, he, and, he, and he, he never got, Governor Pataki never received, I think, more than 25 percent of the vote in the city of New York never more than 25 percent but he was able to make it up in the suburban counties like Nassau Suffolk Westchester you know Rockland those counties they love George Pataki Lee Zeldin has to make them love him too
0: was George Pataki the last elected governor to not be removed from office Uh, or to not leave office
1: David Patterson wasn't removed from office. He decided not to run for office. But he was never elected. He was never elected. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I th- wow. think you're right. I think you're right.
0: Seems like so long ago, yeah. too. Yeah, it does. Yeah. <laughs> uh, before, before we get out of here, one final question because, you know, obviously, nationwide, it looks like the midterms will, will benefit Republicans nationwide, it right? Does. It, yes, it
1: does. Clearly.
0: So a year like this and we're talking you know Lee Zeldin more moderate be like George Pataki but would that also help him because nationwide you have an unpopular democrat president right you have a congress that's unpopular and it's probably going to go back to republicans a senate that's going to go back to republicans does that ever translate in state elections as we talked about those moderate democrats are there going to be enough democrats that are willing in such a polarized political climate to vote for Republicans. Oh,
1: absolutely. Because people watch, they watch Fox News and they watch uh, national broadcasts like CNN. And, you know, uh, you know, you could get the extremes disliking both of those. But I think people are more informed today. I think, I I think definitely the national trends affect even local elections, you know, Uh, you know, more Democrats would be mad at, at uh, uh, you know at somebody and come out to vote and or Republicans the same thing. The Republicans would be very angry now with uh, you know and people are angry. I mean not necessarily from a partisan standpoint, but they're angry now that gas is over four dollars a gallon. Yeah. You know they're they're angry that their energy costs are going up. They're they're angry about a lot of things.
0: Speaking of gas, that's one other thing I wanted to ask you about <laughs> the the gas cap that the state put on the the suspending sum of the gas tax. Right. I saw in the Times Union that only 18% of that gas tax money actually goes to infrastructure. So could this be something that's more permanent, suspending it or capping the gas tax at a state level? I don't think it'll be
1: more permanent. But, you know, I, I think, you know, I, I saw there's a lot of publicity about the counties doing it, you know. But, you know, the one thing I haven't seen is the price of gas going down at the pump. That's true. You know, um, it just it – just, I uh, – you know, unless you can guarantee, I mean it's it look, it's gonna make for a great press release when these county legislators are running for reelection. You know, I suspended the gas tax, I suspended the gas tax. But if it doesn't if it doesn't this will be another thing we talked about, you know, making voters angry, you know, if they read, Well, we suspended the gas tax and it didn't it had zero effect on the price of the pump, you know, that's that's not gonna go over well.
0: I want to ask you on a national uh, landscape, uh, a national question. You know, as we talked about, Joe Biden is, you know, his approval rating is down. Um, Republicans trying to get these midterm elections. If you're advising nationwide Republicans, what's the one thing not to do when it seems that November is a very it's its there. Congress is theirs for you to, you're to take. Where's a misstep Republicans could take from now to November?
1: Uh, fighting m- amongst themselves. Um uh, in very uh, harsh uh, primary elections, uh, uh, getting off message, you know, I, I think you know, Harry Wilson is running an interesting campaign. He's talking about taxes. He's talking about job creation in New York. He's talking about the loss of population in upstate New York. I don't think, at least I haven't seen it yet. Harry Wilson mentioned either of his two opponents once yet. He's, he, I think, he's very uh, on message, and he certainly has the resources to do it. I think what could what could ruin it for the Republicans prior to the election is, you know, fighting amongst themselves. You, you kind of see a little bit of that on a national level. Recently with this the, the tape that was released about Kevin McCarthy, the right. presumptive Speaker of the House. You know, I mean, that clearly was a conversation he was having with another Republican um, uh, congressional person. I don't know who it was, but, you know, it clearly was. So fighting amongst themselves. Now, after the election, after they win, and I think they are going to win, I hope they win. Uh, uh, after they win, it, you know... Uh, Democrats and Republicans—they can screw screw up the governing process too. Yeah, that's a lot harder. That's a lot harder than the campaign process, by the way.
0: I'll tell you, with everything that's going on at the state level and and, and the, what we've talked about for the last hour, on top of that, with midterm elections, this might be one of the most exciting election years I can remember in a long time.
1: I think you're you're absolutely right, Joe. As I said, I, you know, I was in I was in Albany for some pretty momentous events. You know, sadly, nine uh, eleven. Uh, the collapse of, uh, of Governor Spitzer in just a, 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 a matter of a week. Um, you know, uh, I was not there when Andrew Cuomo uh, resigned, but, you know, I, I think this, this, uh, it, this is a momentous happening in New York State. I mean, this is, you know, uh, some professor from, from Pittsburgh is going to be drawing the line for the Senate and the Assembly. This could really, as I pointed out, the two examples, you know, City of Buffalo, one, one state senate district. You know, that, that, that means uh, 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 two good people, Tim Kennedy, Sean Ryan, are pitted together. You know, Sean Ryan may say, you know what, now's my chance to run for Congress, you know, so um, who knows. So or what- Tim Kennedy may run for Congress.
0: It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, George. And we're lucky to have you here. I'm, I'm sure we'll, well be talking you. very soon again when these uh, decisions come down. We'll love we'll to di- do it, Joe. We'll dissect that map like we did the first one that now is not yeah, even yeah. not even <laughs> yeah, happening. Yeah former state senator george maziar it's always great to have you in studio thanks for joining me this morning i also thank joe larigo if you missed any of our conversation with george or with joe you can find that on demand at wben.com and on the odyssey app i will see you tomorrow at 9 a.m here on wben tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone